It is Wednesday, November 18th, 2020. Today, Ty, big show. Oh, loaded show. Conversation with Sean Sharania of Stadium and the Athletic about the NBA draft tonight. Ike Taylor, two-time Super Bowl champ, stops by. Dallas Clark, former teammate of mine, probably future Hall of Famer, stops by for a mm-hmm. cool conversation. And Ryan Clark and I get into a disagreement that you're going to want to hear. Yeah, pretty contentious. Now, granted, there's a lot of yelling back and forth at each other, so maybe turn it down a little bit when you get to that particular part of the show. But know that there's about to be heat coming for the day. This is one of those days where if you've been one of our longtime listeners, you, you'll say, you know, I'm thankful I listen to those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I get through some terrible shows. There's some bad shows. We get it. There's some bad shows. We get it. We get it. But today's one of those shows where you go, hey, happy I listen to those guys. Yeah, packed to the gills. If you like the show, please be a friend and tell a friend. Say, hey, the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. Not a bad show. Not a bad show. Not a bad show. Uh, and if you don't like the show by the end of this thing, just act like it never fucking happened. Mm-hmm. You know? Piss off. And we're very sorry that this time was wasted in your life. Yeah. want to let you know from the bottom of our heart. We're a compassionate bunch. Absolutely. We, hear, we show real empathy here. Without a doubt. But also piss off. Piss off, too, though. Yeah. Uh, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel, the greatest sports book on planet Earth, and... The Moon! That's right. If you're going to gamble here on Earth or on the Moon, you need to be gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook because not only is it the most convenient and user-friendly app out there... Check. It feels like they spent maybe five times the amount of time as everybody else on their user experience whenever you're on the app. Absolutely. I don't know if you'd call that R&D, but I think they did a lot of that. And I'm, I'm sure that that's not what they want us to hammer home and to sell. It's like, hey, it's, it's the easiest app to use and the nicest app and everything like that. But I just want to let you know from personal experience, that's what I think. Gambling's confusing. It's nice when stuff's easy to use. And it, it's, Gambling also could potentially have uh, a bad reputation for almost being a little shady or something like that. Sure. Not a fan of it. They have the best odds, so you're winning the most money on your bets. They've refunded bets before to the tune of like $80 million in one week. I mean, FanDuel is out to do this sportsbook thing right, and we're incredibly grateful to be partners with them. Um, my Super Boost has run into a little bit of a chill. I mean, it's gonna. you were so damn hot, it was bound to happen. But this week is the week it turns around. That's right. This is the week that the FanDuel Super Boost, which is the best best odds on the entire gambling market, bar mm-hmm. none. Yep, bar none. I got to get it back hot again, and I will do that this weekend. And uh, if we're in your state, please come play alongside of us. It makes the games a lot more fun to watch. Uh, and if we're not in your state yet... We can't wait to get to you. Mm-hmm. There's right a lot of shit that has to happen behind the scenes to get FanDuel licensed, and we are doing everything we possibly can to get there. So thanks for your patience. Shout out Tennessee. Shout out Michigan. Welcome to the party. Mm-hmm. Hopefully more and more will continue to go, and let's enjoy this. And, uh, yeah, FanDuel's the best. They are the best. Let's get back to the show. This is the Fleetwood McAfee Show Ooh. on Sirius XM. Uh, no offense to Fleetwood Mac. I'm actually a big fan of their music, but I am all the way in on the fleets. If you haven't got on the train, hop on the fleet train as fast as you can because it's only going to go up from here. It is at its absolute worst possible app rate. I mean, it is the worst thing on all the social media. And mm-hmm. I, I was trying to figure out there in my head how to dance around how bad it is, but it's only going to get better, okay? Mm-hmm, right. So come fleet with us, come tweet with us, come watch on YouTube, and we can't thank you enough for listening right here on SiriusXM Channel 82, Mad Dog Sports Radio. Today, <laughs> we have some more guests, okay? Yesterday, we had four guests on, and a lot of the conversations we had with yesterday uh, with people from yesterday are being quoted around, okay? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of quotes coming mm-hmm. up. Nick Chubb yesterday, thanks for the interview. He was awesome. Uh, he's all the way back 
back from a sprained MCL. He gave us some conversation pieces that maybe uh, put some gamblers at ease knowing that they potentially were going to win their Browns bet until about the 10-yard line when he remembered he wasn't supposed oh. to go in there. And he's 235 pounds. So everybody's like, well, why didn't he go down in the field of play if he's being such a good guy? It was like, well, he actually completely forgot while he was sprinting down the sideline, a guy who's been out for a few weeks and has another touchdown in the NFL, and he's pretty pumped up. And then at the 10, he's like, oh, shit, I'm not supposed to score. And it's like, well, I don't want to sprain my knee again. I'm going to go out at the one. So there was a, like, 60-yard time period there where the Browns betters were going to win, mm-hmm. and then Nick Chubb remembered to be a good teammate. He told us that, uh, amongst other things yesterday. Aaron Rodgers joined us for another Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. It was a good conversation. But today, we have four more guests today. Wow. 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 Back-to-back four guest days, Woo. which is crazy. We got Sham Sharanya, oh. NBA talk, the NBA draft is tonight. Hell yeah. We got Ike Taylor joining us, two-time Good Super Bowl Ike. champion. Right. Uh, we have Ryan Clark joining us this morning, who is currently a little bit at odds with me. Huh. Mm. Huh. Can't wait to talk to him. Mm. He was on Get Up this morning, and he wanted to highlight J.K. Scott getting shook, uh, you know, which did happen, by the way. Sure. Yeah. Coverage was terrible. Ryan Clark didn't say anything about that, huh. I, hmm. I noticed. And by the way, I like the way Ryan Clark talks about football. I think he's a very smart football mind. Didn't say a single thing about the coverage being terrible. What he wanted to do is say, hey, Punters aren't football players. J.K. Scott got juked, blah, 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 blah. He did give a shout-out. He said even Pat McAfee, even though he's athletic, punters aren't football players. I was like, wait a goddamn second. So he's coming on the show, front of the show. We'll talk about it. I just have a couple questions I think that are going to clear everything up. Sure. We went over it earlier. We did. Is there anything uh, in those questions that I asked that give him a leg up in his stance at Ty Schmidt? Uh, no, not at all. You have a very compelling argument. It is. He's. By the way, I don't know if he's been preparing for this. I have been. <laughs> <laughs> I've been. I just got a couple questions, and Ryan Clark, very smart man, very successful football player, very good football player, good on television. This morning, he went ahead and put his foot right into his mouth. Can't mm-hmm. Can't do that. We're going to make him walk in a circle, I think so. Now, yeah, yeah. granted, he is very, very, very smart, so he actually might flip this entire thing on his head, and that is going to be potentially appointment listening and watching, and that'll be happening uh, around 1.40, I believe, Eastern Standard Time, 12.40, uh, which is his central time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be happening. And then Dallas Clark uh, joins us, former yes. Indianapolis Colt Crate, Baltimore Raven as well. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot about that the last time we talked. We saw a highlight of him as a Baltimore Raven on television shortly after we talked to him. Uh, he's one of the best dudes I've ever met in my life. Just incredible football player, obviously. Incredible mm-hmm. football player. Wore no gloves, throwback old school guy. He lives on a farm right now out oh, in yeah. Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most competitive humans of all time, always will be. And a guy who I was actually friends with while playing. Uh, so those conversations are always good because they they saw me as who I was which is the same human I am now before anybody else had a clue. So they're all like, I think genuinely happy for me, but love the banter that always is happening. Like it's, mm-hmm. I feel like we get good conversations with people and I'm very, very thankful for those people doing that. At some point, conversations with people are going to turn stale, I would assume. Okay. And they're going to start viewing us as they view like other media people. I've seen this has been like a conversation a lot. Uh, we'll get a quote from somebody and you'll hear other media people go like, oh, that was his best interview he's ever done, blah, blah, blah. I think it's because we're very dumb. And I, I believe a lot of guys potentially view media people as, you know, trying to get them or something like that or, or get them to slip up. And I think our stupidity is really like an advantage in that oh, world because yeah. we're not we're, I'm not smart enough to try to put anybody into a complete pretzel except for Ryan Clark, which is going to happen <laughs> at about 140 Eastern Standard Time <laughs> for what he said about punters early friend of the show, friend of the show. But yeah. I'm going to try to do it. But I do. I am very thankful for these people coming on and having the conversations they have with us. 
at Tone Diggs, uh, I would assume in your Steelers world, uh, you potentially didn't love Aaron Rodgers, maybe as a human. No. M- maybe heard the rumors about Aaron Rodgers. And I think you, alongside many people after Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays, has been like, is that maybe one of the coolest dudes to ever exist? As opposed to the narrative that was the complete opposite for a long time. I- I didn't dislike him. Like I could always see through, and I could tell. Like he was like he's just the fucking coolest guy of all time, and, Super bro. and respect his mm-hmm. respect his talent. Yeah, um, and I respect what he did off the field a lot. Um, but I did hold some grudges because of the Super Bowl. But you know, I've put those oh Super Bowl. Put those Ryan by the way. Clark. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. He oh no, is that why potentially I because. Think so. Oh, oh, we'll add that to the line of questioning. Yeah. By the way, I didn't yeah. even think about that, but he's been so awesome with mm-hmm. us. Chubb was so cool. Pittsburgh fan, Cleveland Brown running back. That has to suck to know that that guy's in the division probably with Cleveland for the next couple of years, huh? Yeah, I'm not worried about the run ever. Um, <laughs> Chubb was awesome. And I don't, blub, I, don't, I don't blame Chubb anymore for stepping out of the one yeah. because he had 60 yards with no defender anywhere close to him to rack his brain and think about anything that's ever happened in his life. Yeah. So then he remembered, hey, I got to get out. If there was a Texans player with, I don't know, 20 yards, he maybe would have not remembered to step out of bounds and he would have scored a touchdown. So I blame the Texans and the piece of shit run defense. Oh, I, well, by the way, good blame. There's a lot of things going on down there in Houston. But the thought of him running, okay, and we talked to him, the first question was like, because I think we've put a spotlight on this much more than anybody else. Rehab sucks, okay? Guys get paid a lot of money to be professional athletes. Rehab is a part of it. Like, I very much understand all of that. But it doesn't get talked about how bad it's, like, it hurts like hell. Every day, you're, it hurts. Like, now, granted, you get to play in the NFL. You're a prof- mm-hmm. We get it. We get all that stuff. But if you look at them, it's just, if you take away how much money somebody's being, or overpaid somebody's getting because of the amount of money that the entire league generates. So it's actually not really overpaid if you think about the actual math and statistics, but nobody wants to get in that conversation because you're getting paid more than you should be to be doing what you're doing which we all agree upon okay i got grossly overpaid everybody's grossly overpaid but if you look at the entire contract so it's hard not to be like oh well they're rich so who cares what they have to go through completely agree but as a sports show i think we should cover what's happening while they have to get back from it sucks okay it is not fun you hear guys like oh he's got surgery got rehab he came back on the other side and you never really hear about the rehab thing it is you're reteaching your knee how to move or how to walk again and then there's this metal thing that gets scraped so your scar tissue doesn't lock up because if your scar tissue starts catching things it won't be able to act as so it's it's a tough thing but it's a part of the job so you think about nick chubb running 60 yards and he's like, man, all that fucking terrible rehab was worth it. Like, look at me just trying to I'm going for two go. touchdowns in my comeback game. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Bang. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Can't score. Can't <laughs> score. On, I just got yelled, I'll get yelled at. I'm talking early again. Who was uh, one of my friends from college. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was like one of those things. So I was intrigued to hear that from him. I like, oh, I didn't remember until like the 10, which was almost like more of a dagger to the yeah. betters. Because, oh. yeah. Uh, you're only 30 <laughs> feet away. <laughs> He's probably in. I mean, the dagger was in our body still, and he just took it and turned it just a little bit more. Yeah, but I'm happy he does not care about that because nah, all they got to do is win games. I'm happy for the Cleveland Browns. Andrew Barry, good GM. Nick Chubb, great dude. At Boston Connor. It turns out the Patriots are trying to fuck a guy over, but the world called him out, and everything things been changed. Well, how do you feel about wow. this? J.C. Jackson, uh, the best corner you guys have. A man who has 16 tackles, six interceptions, which is tops in the league, uh, like top five in the league or whatever. He was left off the Pro Bowl ballot by the New England Patriots, who have 
have yeah. to put forth a Pro Bowl ballot with their players on it. So very interesting that the Patriots, are they trying to hide J.C. Jackson or was just a, just a clerical error? It was no, just, just a clerical You're error. getting a peek behind the curtain. I mean, we haven't had a Pro Bowler since 2013 because our best players, we keep off the Pro Bowl ballot on purpose so they don't get any shine. Therefore, they come back in free agency. I mean, this is probably something that other teams are going to start picking up. You know, maybe if we have a young player that no one knows about, let's keep him off the Pro Bowl ballot, even if he is having the best year of any corner in the NFL. Okay, so let's go ahead and fuck this guy completely because yeah. he's wow. doing well for us. Well, no, we'll give him a you know a great deal at the oh, end of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah probably great deal. Probably yeah. incentive-based. Oh. I mean, a lot of good things coming in. Probably only a million guaranteed. But, you know, you got to prove it. That's what, Bill, what have you done for me lately? It's very interesting because I did not know that the Pro Bowl ballot thing had to be submitted by the team. Okay, I did no, not know yeah, that yeah. until this situation popped up. I did not know that. I knew that, like, the players of the week and players of the month those were pitches that were submitted by the teams okay mm-hmm. so like teams yeah this is patriots cornerback jc jackson who leads the nfl with six interceptions and has started four games was left off the pro bowl voting list according to a league Smart. spokesman the patriots left him off the list it's up to the teams jackson is scheduled to be a restricted free agent this offseason a la jason cole 62 never heard of him no blue check mark but seems like he's accurate because a lot of people have talked about this so i think that tweet in this whole narrative is what taught me that the teams put it together because like the players of the week, players of the month, the teams have to make their pitches to the NFL on why certain players deserve it. So I remember there was a couple weeks where I had a massive week, right? I had an actually oh, yeah. massive week, uh, but Vinny maybe broke a milestone because Vinny was playing for like 18, 20 years or whatever. And somehow I, somebody would win special teams player of the week. Neither Vinny and I would win it or whatever, but somebody would win it. And I'd go to our PR guy and I'm like, man, I feel like I had a pretty good week. Like, who do I got to talk to for that? They're like, uh, we actually put that pitch together. Yeah. And last week uh, you actually weren't even nominated for it. It was uh Vinatieri. He became like the third all time leading scorer. So I'm like, yeah, so you guys have a fucking chance or whatever. I'm like, oh, I had a pretty big. So I know that there are a lot of the awards and the things like that. Those are being pitched and presented as if they are ideas for the NFL to pick somebody. Mm-hmm. For instance, when I was a salute to service military uh, award nominee and then a salute to service award finalist. And then I couldn't even get into the NFL honors show as a finalist. Interesting. And I found out that way that I probably didn't win then. If that's, <laughs> yeah. I can't even get in. Uh, do I get a plus one? Oh no, you don't even get to go. Oh, yeah. okay. Interesting. Huh. I thought I was a finalist. So, oh, I, so, I, so I didn't win. So I didn't win. All right. Got it. Got it. Didn't win. But the Colts PR, the, uh, Matt Conti is the man's name. He put together like a six page spread about the whole thing. And I was like, thank you so much for this. And I learned about, by the way, the amount of money I had given away mm. in that thing. And I read it and I was like, that much you think? He was like, probably more, dude. Do you, you know, every week you give this and this and this and this. And I'm like, I did not know. Really? I mean, I should win with that amount, right? He's like, uh, uh, you would think so. And then it turned out there was uh, like two vets that actually, mm-hmm. they actually served the country. <laughs> oh, okay. So like they ended up winning or their dad served the country or something like that. Uh, but that was uh, the PR. So it's amazing. I didn't know. The, I should have assumed, I guess, that the Pro Bowl was like that. But it's amazing how many of these things are actually being presented by mm-hmm. people. So you can see how there's a potential narrative to some of these. Sure. Oh, interesting. I don't want to say it's bullshit, but is some of it potentially a little bit of bullshit? Oh, mm-hmm. is the are the Patriots just trying to tell the rest of the league, like, hey, some of this is just bullshit. Look what we did. Just, by the way, they put him on the Pro Bowl ballot oh, this yeah. morning right. mm-hmm. or whatever after it was talked about. So maybe Bill Belichick 
he's such a good coach and he's going to go down as a name synonymous with the league. He wanted to expose something that was going on so the rest of the world could know about it. That's probably what it was, right, Connor? I mean, that's basically exactly what it was. I was just going to get to that point, but you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. I don't even have to touch on it. Yeah. Kind of fucked up they left him off, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know. I didn't know he existed until this morning. Connor's yeah. been maybe Connor's been screaming his name from the rooftops in here. Oh, oh yeah. I have developed, I've developed this incredible thing that my wife has already developed. Like uh, when he talks, I just have the ability I, just to shut it off. Mm, that, that's good. why I talk louder whenever I, you know, I'm yeah, not yeah. sure if anyone's heard yeah, me. Yeah. Yet. And, and I, I think it's only certain octaves that I kind of, you know what I mean? When oh. you get to a certain level, I think my ears just turn it off. It, and I didn't mean for it to happen. It just happened just like with my wife and most of my family and everything. Like that. Yeah. Well, the decibel levels, I mean, especially for you, they, they get up there. Yeah, you, know, they, they, you and they I, hey. You and I are, are pretty kindred spirits, my friend. Yeah, and, you know, we get rowdy about some stuff, and sometimes the, the voice raises a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and one of us says normally a little bit smarter things than the other person, but the other <laughs> yes. person has an ability to deflect things that the other person cannot do at all. So it's gifts, it's it's curses, it's it's risk, it's reward, and it's talking football. Yeah, no gifts come without a curse. You're damn right. Uh, Ty Schmick, great to see you. Connor, see you. Zito, we will get to your poll in yep, a second. Sure. We have a Zito booked guest joining us. Ooh. Oh, wow. Ladies and gentlemen, Insider for the Athletic, I believe. Yes. Yeah, oh. Sham Shrai. Yeah. Oh, so, Sham, what's going on, dude? I, I knew you were potentially a free agent, so I didn't know if somebody broke uh, the bag or, or brought the <laughs> truck out for you because you deserve it. Thanks for joining us, brother. I know today's a big day. I know you only have a certain amount of time, so let's get to it here. Thank you for taking time out of your day today. Uh, tonight, NBA draft. What should people be expecting? Uh, is there any random foreign player that's going to get drafted above like an American stud that we know? <laughs> what should we be expecting for tonight's 2020 NBA draft? I think there's going to be a lot of movement. You know, these GMs, they've been sitting on their hands literally for the last eight months. So, I, you know, I think there will be a, an extreme amount of movement up and down in the draft. Players getting moved. You know, a few of the guys that are on the board for teams, Russell Westbrook. You know, that's a guy that, that you could very likely see move tonight um, in, in a potential deal. And just around the league, I think there's going to be a lot of action, guys. So definitely strap in. I do feel the top of the draft is pretty set as far as which three it will be. Um, it's unclear. You know, Edwards, Wiseman, and Ball. Will it be in that order? Um, that's what a lot of people around the league expect. But could there be a surprise, a wild card? I think this year with 2020 shown you that anything is possible. But those are the three that I expect to go in the top three. Uh, the Ball kid coming he's really good at the basketball turns mm-hmm. out family uh interesting obviously he mm-hmm. got, kind of got thrusted into the spotlight which is probably going to happen a lot more we saw that with zion uh zion was made very famous very quickly because of social media but it was never his personal life also getting in there this ball family somehow found a way to become the kardashians in the basketball world and kind of captivated the world for a lot they had a reality show in lithuania at one point alongside mm-hmm. facebook Ooh. but the more and more highlights you watch he's a he's a dude huh like he he's a he is a legit player and going to really change the franchise around where's he going to end up at you think is and is the dad or the family even a part of the conversation for anybody I think the big thing is his personality, his maturity, his readiness for the NBA. Like, is, is his body ready? Is his mind ready? I think that's what teams have wanted to see. Um, I mean, listen, he's going to go in the top three. The question is, will uh, Minnesota really go for him when, you, when they already have D'Angelo Russell? The fit there is likely Anthony Edwards. I had a GM tell me today that if Minnesota goes with LaMelo Ball 1, it might have more to do with the flair and the name and the hype than the actual talent level that, that needs to be there or the fit that needs to be there at the one because you already have D'Angelo Russell. You already have 
Carl Anthony Towns. The fit player is likely Anthony Edwards. And then at two, the Warriors have liked James Wiseman. There are people in that front office that do also like LaMelo Ball. But um, my sense is still that Wiseman has a little bit of the lead there. And then Charlotte, they're going to take whoever falls to them out of those two. They've had conversations with Minnesota at one, but I don't, I don't see anything as of yet um, over there in a trade. NBA Diggs wanted to know if Golden State was going to potentially package that number two overall pick with something else to go all in to get somebody to go for it. Do you, you, don't, you said numerous times now you think the top three picks are pretty much cemented in, and it's Minnesota, Golden State, and then Charlotte is how the top three will go tonight. Is Michael Jordan making calls for Charlotte? Is that him? I mean, Michael Jordan's going to be involved. Like, just like the Russell Westbrook scenario, Charlotte had some interest as a suitor. They talked about it internally. They talked about it with ownership. It just did not make sense for them, I think, right now. Um, from what I'm being told, I, I, I would not expect them as a Russell Westbrook suitor right now. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, there's going to be a level of involvement from MJ. Um, but overall, uh, I, I do think that it will be – you know, Golden State at two, but the only way that they move number two is if for a guy like Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, James Harden, two out of three of those guys isn't available. James Harden is, but Houston's asking price for him so far has been really through the roof. What's going on down there in Houston? Russell Westbrook wants at, James Harden wants at, everybody wants out of there. What? What? I mean, what the hell is going on? Because I feel like that team was built strictly around James Harden. Uh, and then when Russell Westbrook comes in, you know, the season gets cut off and then he's hurt or sick or something like that. He comes in late and they never really this season got going or whatever. So what is it about Houston? Why does everybody went out of there? And where do you think James Harden and Russell Westbrook end up at? Yeah, I think what you see here is a case where players just for whatever reason became disgruntled. You know, the, the ending of the season did not go as planned. You know, different changes within the front office, the coaching staff and um, this is a player-driven league. James Harden wanted to play with Russell Westbrook last summer. The, 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 the Rockets went all in, acquired Russell Westbrook, and now you have a situation where both players are unhappy in Houston. And this is definitely not something that Houston could have prepared for. This is not an ideal circumstance. I do believe Houston is fully prepared to go into the season with both guys because he, they're both under contract for three more years on major, major deals. That's awesome. And there just isn't a, a great urgency to, to trade either, but Russell Westbrook, I would really monitor him um, because James Harden, it would take a, a crazy package, a package I don't think the Nets have right now. All right, Shams, we appreciate you, man. I love that the NBA, maybe they should talk a little bit more about that, how a player, numerous players have three years left on their deals and they're like, <laughs> I'm fucking out. Dude. I'm, done <laughs> I'm done with it. That's awesome. Uh, what a savage move. Ladies and gentlemen, Shams Tarani. Thank you. Yeah, Let's go, Shams. Thank you, Thank you. Hey, hey Shams. Shams, before you go, are you going yes, uh, to be breaking all the draft picks before they go live? Uh, you know, I can't really comment on that situation, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do everything, you know, as best I can, minute to minute, uh, you know, so, yeah, that, that, that's my goal. Yeah, trust the process. <laughs> control the controllables. I get, yeah. All this. I just trust the process, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> What's your Twitter account? Uh, my Twitter account, um, uh, what, what's yours? P. McAfee? No, no, Pat McAfee. No. Come on, have a little respect. Pat McAfee. Yeah, mine's the same thing. Shams Charania. That's well, all. I have a show at the end of mine, okay? It's a little larger than yours. I don't have, have some fucking show. respect, all right? <laughs> Shams, you need a show, by the way. You're, I, I, by the way, NBA Draft Night is one of the best nights to follow Shams because oh, – We yeah. have a show tonight. We actually do have a show tonight. Shameless plug. It's on stadium. 8 p.m. Eastern time. Let's go. Yeah. You do have your own show. Woo. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Shams Sharania's show. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, Shams, 
He just cucks the entire show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, basketball doesn't give a shit No. Woj will do it. Yep. No problem. Shams will do it. Hey, I wonder if, how Shams and Woj feel about each other. You think they liked each other or what? They both seem like nice guys. I, I think so, too. But yeah. I feel like in that insider game, we... Oh, yeah. It's a doggy hey, dog world. The insider game is rather stingy. I wonder if AJ is going to be on that NBA show. He works for Stadium, right? AJ, he AJ does, doesn't he? Does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they probably... He, like, they probably paid him, and he hasn't worked for two weeks. <laughs> true. For a long so probably time. like, hey, AJ, maybe you do a little something for us and do this NBA show we're doing. Pick up the slack. Hey, Stadium and Network. It's like a, it's like one of those, like, online subscriber things that, you know, Fubo and all those. Oh, we're a Fubo team here. We are. Fubo we are TV. Big, we are a big Fubo next hour. No. No. no, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> we're big Fubo. Love, 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 love it. Joining us now, a man who I would assume also in, would enjoy the hell out of that playlist mm-hmm. that just popped into my life. I can't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get to that playlist. By the way, I'm gonna do it, ladies and gentlemen. Are you okay? Two t- <laughs> I don't know. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, Ike Taylor. Yeah. Woo! Ike, Ike, Woo! listen. You probably just caught the tail end of that. I use a. Uh, I use a playlist thing over here. I mean, I'm not supposed. To- Spotify, I use the playlist from them, but we're a big serious company. Spotify, okay, does have certain things that are good copyright-free music and everything like that. And Nick puts the playlist together for me, okay? And every day, it's the same two playlists. It's PMI Radio and Serious Bumpers, okay? That's come back in there. And then today, one just showed up right on top that says, sorry for the sadness. That is something as a good friend, good teammate, I should ask him about, right? Do you not agree with that, Ike? 100%. You got to ask him what's going on. That's yeah. okay. Amen. See, good guy. Ike, would you like to ask Nick if everything's okay, by the way? He's a Pittsburgh guy. Nah, because nah, Nick, Nick look like he bought it. So I'm going to go ahead on style Nick Wake. Appreciate <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ike, we have a poll out right now. Uh, it says, who is the best coach in the NFL? And it's uh, Tomlin's on there, Andy Reid's on there, LaFleur's on there, Sean Payton's on there. And obviously, Twitter only allows you to have four uh, options for the poll. So we could add a couple more on there. It was very difficult finding those four, and it had to have seven wins. So that's why Belichick isn't on there. Mike Tomlin, who normally gets no credit or respect for him, he's leading the poll by a wide margin right now. Is it pretty? Well, only only 9%, I guess. It was much larger earlier. Yeah. Mike Tomlin at 47.1%, Andy Reid at 38.5%. It's pretty nice to kind of see the world learn about Mike Tomlin's greatness not only coaching but also his press conferences and the way he handles everything about time right yeah it's been a long time coming I like agree. coach T been doing this for years to go 14 years in the league and not have a losing season um to try to try to be in playoff contention year by year to go eight and eight on your four string quarterback I thought he should have won it last year and people got mad at me when I said man Pittsburgh going 13. And three this year, why? Because I know I know Big Ben good for five more games. If I can go eight and eight with my four-string quarterback, I know seven can at least win me five more. <laughs> so, but just getting back to Coach T, man, Coach T just he's just been flying under the radar for too long, but he's been so successful for too long. Whether it's Pro Bowl guys, whether it's first-round draft picks, whether it's year in and year out trying to get his team to the playoff, let alone the Super Bowl championship. Man, we got to start talking about Coach T, and we got to start talking about him often. Do you think he cares at all, like, throughout the how long it's taking? Because whenever he does his press conferences, it's up there with Belichick levels of awesome, like, like the way he handles it. By the way, has the resume to act like that, too. Like, he, like oh, there's yeah. nothing anybody could say, like, uh, he doesn't give us any real answers. The guy never does anything. It's like, well, what you, the guy never fucking loses, so what are you going to do about it? It's 
I, do, it seems like he's a guy that doesn't even know that he's not really talked about. Am I wrong in thinking that? It's called T-Bot is money. <laughs> hey, hey, one thing I know about Coach T, he bought his money, man. So either he was trying to get a Lombardi, or man, he trying to get that money, one of the two. And I can't knock him for uh, for trying to get both of them. But that's just Coach T, man. Coach T ain't worried about how we feel or what we say about him. He he loves flying under the radar, radar. But at the same time, man, I think more we more media wise, man, we gotta start talking about Coach T. Okay, so you said you think Ben can win him at least five more from eight and eight last year. Uh, so you think thirteen and three? The thought of sixteen and zero is such a, a wild one because there's not a lot of teams that get the opportunity, right? I think this is the first time the Pittsburgh Steelers were ever in this situation. I was on a team that went fourteen and zero and then chose to lose the next one on purpose, uh, which was a decision made much higher than the locker room. And I was too young to have an opinion, but the OGs in the locker room were not happy about that decision. By the way, that was not something that was very well received. And they were pretty open about it. But we get to the Super Bowl. We, we win the Super Bowl. Nobody ma- uh, cares. We lose to the Saints. So now it's a lot of like, well, did we make the right decision anyways? We end up losing the Saints. Patriots gave it a go there for a bit. Then they lose in the Super Bowl. If you can go perfect, obviously the 72 Dolphins are still popping champagne at this particular point. Is this a team you think that could do it? Or is that all just luck? Uh, and, and you kind of have to get lucky a couple times in a couple games and steal one. Man, you heard Coach T mentality, so they asked about the record, right? Coach T said, "Man, we got a perfect record, but we have yet to play a perfect game." Ooh. So he just he Deep. just setting the tone. He setting the tone for himself. He setting the tone for his coaching staff. Let alone he setting the tone for the guys who playing with him. You know what I'm saying in that locker room. So that's just Coach T, man. Coach T got a way with wordplay. You know what I'm saying, Coach T. Coach T should be already, if he's not a head coach. He should be a rapper <laughs> because his wordplay word is unbelievable, man. The way he put words in, the way he put sentences together, um, and you get it. As soon as he say it, man, you're like, damn, man, he didn't say something cold right here. But that's just Coach T. But when I heard Coach T say that in his press conference yesterday, yeah, we got a perfect record, but we have yet to play a perfect game. I'm like, man, he already talking crazy to his, uh, <clears throat> to his team, meaning he always trying to get his team fired up, and it's never enough. That's hilarious. I mean, you, y'all ain't done shit. <laughs> it's just such a, that, that's basically what he said. That, that is basically what he said. But I think that type of team, uh, if you look at the New England team that was able to do it, the team that I was on, uh, that was able, veteran-led teams, okay? So you got Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, obviously. Veteran-led teams who've been there, done that, who can handle success. Now, there are young guys that are making quite an impact. Like, for instance, Chase Claypool, this rookie, he's not somehow ESPN put out a ranking of the top 10 uh, rookies in the NFL. He's not in ESPN's top 10 or whatever. Then I was told that he's, like, not even top two for the offensive rookie of the year or whatever. The guy's, like, 45 touchdowns in, in, in on an undefeated team it feels like that team, whether it's because of Ben or because of Tomlin, it feels as if they they know that they could potentially go on a run and they're not getting too ahead of themselves. Now, granted, that Gary Gilbert game was pretty scary. I, I can't believe that happened, but it feels like it just potentially has the makings of a team that can go. It really does feel like that. Pitcher Pittsburgh really haven't put a complete game together in a 9-0. So, and you know this, P-Mac, because you played – you want to you want to get cracking, meaning you want to get the ball rolling. You want to be hitting on all cylinders. No, November, December, January football, and they still haven't to this day put a complete 
game together. Um, either the offense starts slow or the defense starts slow or the special teams might got to carry them, which they're doing right now. So picture the Pittsburgh Steelers at 9-0, still haven't put a complete game together. Finally, later on during the season, start clicking on all cylinders. It's going to be scary. It is. The AFC is loaded, though. The AFC is loaded right now with teams coming out of nowhere. Playoffs are going to be awesome to watch. What do you got, Connor? All right, J.C. Jackson, a cornerback for the Patriots, was left off the Pro Bowl ballot. Has that ever happened to you or to a player you know, and does that cause a feud oh, yeah, between man, the coach and the player? A lot, man. You sh- I couldn't catch. <laughs> man, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't catch a call in Alaska. <laughs> Want to toss a leaf on? <laughs> Why? Can you now? Is it just something you'll never be able to do, and you just know it? Like, yeah, I'll just never be able to really be a good. Nah, in practice, man. In practice, man, I call everything. Like, let me stop that. I can catch. I just, I just didn't lock in and focus the way I should have. Um, but hell, my son, he got that. He got them jeans. My son catch everything. So I guess I had to, I guess I had to eat. I guess I had to eat it in my generation, in my professional year, my professional career, because my son, man, he, he catch, he don't drop nothing. So that's good. I'm happy for that. How old is he? He 14. Are you his coach or you got him in the garage training every single day or what? Man, he, uh, he's brainwashed. Smart. He brainwashed. That, that man, that man get up at six o'clock every morning. I tell him, man, if I got to tell you twice, then you don't want it. So he get up 6 o'clock every morning. He run his mile. He do his push-ups. He do his abs. He do his squats. And he does all that before he starts studying for school. You know, and he got to be to school at 730. So, um, like I told him, I, I try to give him everything I didn't do when I was playing as a professional. So he's learning that now. But I only have to tell him once. And I'm, I'm, I'm just – a I'm a proud dad because of that, because I'm sure parents got to tell their kids like my mama had to tell me more than enough times. And I just got to tell this young man one time and he gets it. Hey, dad of the year. Yeah. Oh, wow. 14 years going here. Woo. That's the difference there, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, people be like, I was good in high school, man. I should have made it to the pros. I got screwed by a coach or whatever. It's like, uh, Art, did you wake up every morning, run a mile, do 100 push-ups and sit-ups and do everything like that? Well, no, obviously, but I was going to, okay. All right. So there's like those types of things that happen, you know, that people are like, I was I was great in high school. I was, I was safety, first-team old district. It's like, yeah, did you wake up every fucking morning and run a mile? That's wild that he's doing that. Good for you. He do that off the rip. I ain't even got to ask. I ain't even got to say nothing, P Mac. My he kid's gonna spit in my door. face if I ask. <laughs> if I have a kid and he, I go, hey, this is what you're gonna do, okay? Every morning you're gonna go downstairs. You're gonna get a hundred putts in, okay? You're gonna putt a hundred putts. You're gonna go in the backyard. You're gonna chip a hundred. Then the sun will come up. Then you will drive a hundred balls, and then you will go take a shower, go to school. My kid will spit in my face and tell me to go fuck myself. <laughs> my kid is gonna be the worst. I know it. I, I, you gotta. You should be very proud of your kid doing that. You should. What Thank position? I am. He's a wide receiver. He wide receiver, uh, safety. So he 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 loves safety way. He's a better safety. Like Florida got him ranked like top hundred athlete in the state of Florida. So he he's actually and he old school too. P Mac. He he uh he wants the word of mouth. He doesn't want no Instagram. He doesn't want nothing, no Twitter. He doesn't want none of that. Ooh, he want people to talk about him. Uh, like old school, he says. So he got an old school, he got an old soul. Hey, be a friend, tell a friend, okay? I'm an animal. Yeah. I don't need no Instagram posts. I don't need a damn thing. What's up, Diggs? Ike, uh, I obviously love Coach T, huge Steelers fan. I, I would do anything yeah. that man ever told me. The one knock uh, outside is that sometimes uh, his teams will play down to 
in situations like, yeah like like the cowboys maybe potentially the jaguars this week is there a reason for that or is that just is that just untrue i don't know we used to do that yeah yeah i think like, that's what Diggs is talking like, about we, yeah we used, to be, we used to be the same way like i really i really don't know that's a good question man we used to do the same thing like We'll lose one to Cleveland and be like, man, we didn't lost to Cleveland. Like, man, we sad. Like, we used to tell each other on the sideline that if we knew we was going to lose to a, a team we was supposed to win, we used to be like, man, we sad as hell. Like, I, don't see, I don't see how we lost. I don't, I don't know why it happens. Before. It happens not just with the Steelers, by the way. It seems to happen with a lot of teams that are like, every once in a while, a game would just pop up and everybody's like, well, it's a trap game. It's a trap game. It's like, I don't know if anybody was looking ahead. I don't know if that happens in the right. NFL. It just sometimes, I don't know why it happens either. I don't think anybody's ever really been able to figure out i don't know man it's just it's not a trap game it's just it just happens you know what i'm saying i don't think it's ever considered a trap game because you always prepare uh for the team you playing week in and week out it's just it just happened like that man any given sunday you can't be beat regardless on the record on who you playing and it's that inch in front of you (laughs) in the inch behind you that's right (laughs) I saw what you did there. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of stupid, uh, your friend Ryan Clark said something stupid on TV this morning, and I'm going to talk to him. Did you hear what he said this what morning? Well, no, what did he say? Well, this morning, he is, by the way, incredibly. He yeah, he is. <laughs> he's very entertaining. This morning, he just said that uh, punters aren't football players, and he actually said, even Pat McAfee, even though he's athletic, punters aren't football players. So we're having him on here in about an hour or so. I got a couple quick questions I'd like to ask That's him. A shout out. Yeah, that one up with a cold little shout out. That yeah. one up with a shout out, Pete. Man, I know, I know. He <laughs> snuck it in there too. Like that's how he, that's yeah. how he snuck it in there. I know. But I have to be upset yeah. for the brand. You know, for the brand, I have to be upset. So for he kind of, brand, I got you, I got you, man. He kind of put me in a weird. You know what I mean? Because it was. You feel, you feel some kind of way. Yeah, well, he told a half truth, right? I mean, he told a half truth yeah, there. Right. You know what I mean? But he no, put, but he only, he only mentioned you. He could have named plenty of punters, but he mentioned PMAC. Yeah, I mean, not that many. But yeah. like, I told you, you could have played with me. Me, me and RC be talking about you, dog. Like, <sighs> man, we be, I be looking at, I be looking at RC on TV. No, I be looking at you do your thing. And then I wind up calling RC. And I'd be like, man, that boy could have played with us. He'd be like, yeah, that boy could have played with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been awesome. That locker room, I bet, was absolutely amazing. And Mike Tomlin, I do believe there was like a, uh, you know, the cl- Colbert gave the old classic, like, hey, we're not going to draft you, but. Hey, if you want to come train camp, hey, we would love to have you on there. And I'm like, well, okay, maybe. So I don't leave town or whatever, but I think I'm going to get drafted. And then the tick, 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 tick. And then the coach drafted me. And I was like, all right, well, suck it, Colbert. All right, I'm gone. All right, I got a little thing in there. But that, there was a chance. It, the, the offer to be a uh, free agent signing or whatever was there. That would have been awesome. And then if I was older and I got to be on the teams whenever I was in, like, uh, college or whatever with you and Troy and other boys, I mean, that, that would have been awesome. I mean, just, just, just think about what Colbert told you. And that's that's what you gotta like about this organization. They ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah, that's exactly. Man, we're we're not gonna draft you, but if you're there, we would love for you to come. Yeah. Not too many. Not too many. A, a GM might try to blow smoke up your butt or try to lie to you. He told you straight to your face. <laughs> this is exactly what I'm thinking. This is what we're doing. But we would love to have you. Yeah. And that's just the whole Pittsburgh organization. Like on Mondays when Coach T come in, he got two dogs and one bone kind of scenario. It's mean one guy, either one guy going to dress and the other guy's not going to dress. So whoever whoever plays the best during that week is going to be able to dress on that 53-man roster for that day. The whole team knows about it. Like, Coach T don't, don't hide nothing. So as a young man going into the league or as a man in general just being in the league, 
you respect that part of Coach T and Kevin Colbert because they're just going to tell you how it is. Man, I've never seen that before. I, I've never heard that before either happening anywhere. That's a, that's an incredibly transparent conversation that's happening in a team meeting uh, because as an organization, you're putting yourself in a position now for the rest of the team to see whether or not you're bullshitting, right? Because if there's two people that could potentially get dressed, and for instance, for me as a special teamer, as a punter, I, there's one person that I would like because he's probably going to be playing special teams. And if that guy is better than that guy, but for whatever politics reason, you pick the guy that isn't as good after telling everybody this is going to happen, you kind of check yourself as well, right? It's kind of like one of those things where... Yeah, he, he, let, he letting everybody know on Monday with the whole, whether it's the front office or whether it's the coaching staff, this is what we're thinking. These are the two guys going to fight this weekend for this certain position. Now the whole world knows it. Now y'all have at it. So now you're looking like, oh, because I, I was once one of them guys. So them boys looking at me like, oh, snap. All right, what you going to do this week during practice? <laughs> you just had to you just had to raise your intens- intensity level up day in and day out. Man, that would be awesome. And it would also, since a lot of those guys probably playing special teams yet again, if there's one guy who couldn't block for shit on the punt team, I would probably go up to the other guy and try to give as many tips as possible. <laughs> this is what we need you to do, okay? Do this. Maybe this will sp- a little spin move will be a pretty spectacle, you know what I mean? And I'll go a little slower so you can get a block, and we'll get you right in this thing. Me trying to rig their little thing would be <laughs> fantastic. That's why I probably shouldn't have been there, to be honest with you. Like, I would have ruined it. Uh, two-time Super Bowl champ, legendary human. Ike Taylor. Thank you, man. So sorry to interrupt. I want to ask you a question. Are you sick of cable? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am too. That's why we're switching to Fubo TV for live sports news and primetime TV without the stupid, complicated contract. Yes. Do you love watching TV but hate your cable company? Yeah. That's the answer everybody's going to say. It's time to finally cut the cord with Fubo TV and you can pay less money for more channels. Want to cut the cord, but you're worried about missing out on live TV? Get the best of both worlds with Fubo TV. You can watch live and on demand with no bulky setup, stupid box. Perfect. I'm tired of that thing. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV, $65 a month to watch the same channels and you don't pay for DVR or an installation. How is that possible? That doesn't seem like it's possible. Let me say it again. The normal monthly cost of cable that you are paying right now is $200. Jesus. The company we're referring to right now, Fubo TV, $65 a month to watch the same channels, and you don't have to pay for DVR or an installation, and you don't have one of those stupid big boxes. What the hell am I doing? Hey, what you need to be doing is Fubo TV. Fubo TV is how you should be watching TV. Get everything you want all in one place for less than the cost of cable. Fubo TV brings you over 100 channels. My God. What? I'll tell you what, that was a surprising stat to read. Cloud DVR and no hidden fees. Stream your shows on your TV or any other smart device. Perfect. It's just getting better and better here. They have the major broadcast and cable networks, so you can find all your favorites, including primetime TV and news. And with Fubo TV, you'll never miss a game. They have the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, Premier League, La Liga, college sports, and more. Mike, I mean, what the hell? Is this the, the greatest thing of all time? Yeah, it sounds like it. There's no risk to try it out. Get full access to Fubo TV for a few days for free. And right now, Fubo TV is offering listeners of this show a free trial and 15% off your first month by going to FuboTV.com forward slash McAfee. That's F-U-B-O-TV.com forward slash M-C-A-F-E-E. No contracts. You can cancel anytime. FuboTV.com forward slash McAfee for 15% off your first month and a free trial. F-U-B-O-T-V dot com forward slash M-C-A-F-E-E. 
That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like there are any drawbacks to that. This sounds very, this sounds like a business that is losing money. Yeah. Hey, just because they don't know how to make money doesn't mean we shouldn't take advantage of it. That's right. Shout out to Fubo TV. Back to the show. <laughs> man joining us now is normally awesome on television. Huh. Normally, yeah. Yeah, normally. It's normally pretty cool. Uh, normally has hilarious things to say, insightful things to say. Oh, yeah. uh, great storyteller. Okay, mm-hmm. this man takes people on a ride when he's telling stories. Awesome. He's one of our favorite personalities on all of TV, not just the sports TV. Uh, but this morning, like every good personality, said something incredibly dumb. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Clark. Yeah. Hi, Ryan. There he is. Oh, there he is. <laughs> How's it going, Ryan? How's it going, RC? Bro, I'm doing well, man. You know, um, I got to talk about people who kind of wear football uniforms oh, but don't really geez. play football oh, right uh, with this right. morning. But I did shout out one of my favorite people yeah. who is it's kind of a part of that of that group. You could actually say uh, he's somewhat of a brand ambassador. Yeah. 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 Uh, you yeah. know, um, yeah, just saying. Yeah. And uh, this guy, this guy is athletic. Uh, he wore wristbands. Yeah. Even I think at some point gloves. One glove. Um, Thank you. Yeah. One glove. And so, you know, he was just very much like his attire was almost a football player so was he okay. so was he he, he was he was real close yeah. uh, if they ever had one if they ever had one he would have been the guy <laughs> so i got to talk about that this morning <laughs> all right uh, i appreciate the compliment obviously and i was kind of torn okay because you told a half truth there you know you spoke okay. incredibly good things about me and by the way as soon as it happens my twitter account gets loaded <laughs> with it i mean it is as soon as it happens anytime something is kicked well uh punted well a punter fucks up a kicker messes up my timeline gets loaded and then when there sure. is slander on espn <laughs> it happens immediately so I heard that thing literally, even though I wasn't watching at the time, I was in my car driving down to the office. Uh, and when I got to a red light and I was stopped, obviously, mm-hmm. that thing, I heard about that almost as soon as it came out of your mouth. And I listened to it like twice, okay? And then I, then the boys sent it into the group text, obviously. It goes through the group text and now there's a lot of reaction. I'm like, I don't know what to do here because, okay? I'll have to agree with you in this particular case about specialists not being football players. In between the ears, all right. I do believe our brain and our mentality towards the game cannot be that of football players because we are not reactionary. Okay, this is not something where you can uh, make it. It's more like a a golf golfer, a pitcher, something like that. I would okay. say the mentality of a kicker punter can't be one of a football player. You probably won't be a good kicker and punter for long enough because it's a much different uh, mentality. But let me ask you a couple questions, Ryan Clark. Shall I? Mm-hmm. Let's do this. <laughs> Ryan, have you ever tackled somebody on a football field? Yes. Okay, that's very. That's one part of football. Okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah. So, so no, no, so, no, 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 <laughs> All right. Next question here. Um, have you have you ran with a football in an NFL game? Have you had a rush? You had. I had. I had an interception where I ran with the football. Are you asking that was it calculated as a rush in the statistical? Categories? Yeah, like, like a rush. Hmm. No, I have not. Huh. Oh, oh, that's weird. Hmm. Have you have you thrown a pass in the NFL? I have not. 
That's very interesting. <laughs> this is very. Have you scored in an NFL game? I actually have not. Oh, well, 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 well. You see, right. there, there's a lot of things I think that make up a football game. You know what okay. I mean? Like tackling, running, passing, kicking, blocking. I mean, there's a lot of things there. I've done them all. I've done every single okay. one of them. You've done what? Two out of the seven, probably. Huh. Who's more of a football player, Ryan? <laughs> oh. I would like to know. Who is more of a football player, Ryan Clark? The person that doesn't have to write a list to show people that he's a football player. <laughs> That's I, easy. I agree. Hey, listen, it was, it's a hard thing to defend. It really is. It really is, especially going against – I've always said this. Like, um, if Greeny would have chimed in there, and I love Greeny. Everybody knows I love right. Greeny. But if Greeny would have chimed in there and been like, oh, yeah, you're right. He isn't a football player. I'd be like, hey, Greeny, hey, hey, sh- 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 shut the fuck up, okay? <laughs> but guys that, have, guys that have played in the NFL – I mean, I think I am very self-aware enough to know that, like, what we do is so, you know, so much less stressful, so much less uh, physically demanding, mentally demanding, everything like that. So anytime an NFL player comes out and says, like, well, he's not a football player, I'm like, well, yeah, he has every right in the world to say that. But whenever some high school hero says it, I'm like, uh, you're a high school buddy. I would have played your position right. and every know, other position. But you know what's crazy, though, Pat, was, was honestly, you know, like, when you, when you start doing those things, you just get to going, especially when I'm doing, like, explaining your tweet. Right. Like, you know, Great I don't segment, write it. by the way. Yeah. Like I'm just coming off the head. You know what I mean? And so I said it. And the reason I mentioned you was right after I said it, I was like, but dang, Pat's kind of a football player. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, like, like, like that was truly, that was truly my thought. It was like, yeah, like most of these dudes, like the dudes I play with weren't really football players, but Pat was kind of, so I'm going to throw him in there because that makes my statement a little more true. By you the way, I'm saying, bro, I appreciate that a lot. I appreciate that a lot. Bro, but Pat, bro, I remember one time, dog. This is when we had Sean Sweesom, uh, Greg Williams was our uh, long snapper. Greg Warren. Warren, could, like, Greg you know, Warren. <laughs> you didn't even know Greg his Warren, fucking sorry, name. Skippy Bell. Greg, Greg Williams was my coach. My bad, Greg Warren. Oh, and so G's. I can't even remember who the partner was at this time because, you know, we rotated partners. We were never great at finding one of those. Pretty windy. Um, Bro, I walked downstairs. We've been in meetings all week. It's like a tough week, bro, like. We lost the week before. I believe we had probably lost two in a row. It was just a bad week, dog. And I walked downstairs. We're coming from the meeting. They just went off on us. And these dudes are on their computers. Oh, no. Right? And so I'm like, well, dang. One, who even knew they had Wi-Fi in here? (laughs) I was like, two, how in the hell y'all been downstairs so long? You're on your computer. So, but I thought to myself, you know what? They could be watching film. They could be watching Bingo. their kicks at practice, you know, because they're football players. Focused, yeah. And Greg leans over to Sean and tells him about this stock that he had oh, no. that was earning money. Oh, this no. the, now, Pat, this the work day, bro. Day trading, it's dude, the, yeah. It's the work day, day trading. Yeah. And that was the day that I clicked out and I was like, you know what? These dudes ain't like us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like right now, I'm stressed out because I got to tackle Adrian Peterson. Me and Troy sitting here talking like, say, bro, are you, you going to cut him? Or maybe like, you know, we could just bracket him every time we come up to him. Or listen, you go low, I'll go high. Like we're having this conversation and you're telling me whether Pfizer is going to have the right vaccine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And bro, I was 
hot, dog. And like it was that moment, I was like, you know what? Yeah. F these dudes, man. Take By the way, us. I can understand that, and that's why I said everything I just said about NFL guys. If they were to say that I'm not a football player, I understand because that happens. And if he did say you should buy Pfizer stock, that was a good call because you probably could have got yeah. it pretty low, and that thing's only going to go up at this point. I used to. We had cornhole in the locker room, right? We had cornhole oh, in the locker right? room. And how much film can you, you can't, you literally, how much film can I watch? How many reps can I have? So guys, they'd get like a 10 minute meeting or a 10 minute break from their meeting or whatever. And I could tell it was a bad meeting. They just got out, like everything went very bad there. And I'm in there, I'm like fucking just sniping like four in a row. Five. And I'm like, like, here we go, here we go. And uh, AQ like one time walked in and he's like, I fucking hate you. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, Dude, I just made five in a row. We have a little bit of respect. He's like, I gotta go back in here and get yelled at, okay, for the next 45 minutes. What are you going to yeah. do? I'm like, I'm probably going to make six in a row. I mean, I'm going to have a little bit more. <laughs> like, I'm on a roll. <laughs> so I understand it completely. And I have uh, we have a lot of respect for you. But it generated so much attention on my Twitter timeline. Had to have a chance to talk to you about it and tell you that we appreciate the hell of you. And it makes a lot of sense. But let's talk about this Pittsburgh Steelers team real quick before we have this hard out in a couple minutes. I know you're probably pretty busy. Talk to Ike Taylor. He gave us some uh, things about what Mike Tomlin is saying to the team and everything like that. You think this team can run it? You had the Chiefs at number one in your top five. So that would mean that you see the Chiefs representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. So what do you, what do you think? You think the- no, I, no I, I think they could run it, right? So if you look at it, what Mike T is doing is what he has to do. So if you're a coach and you are winning, you have to focus more on the negative, right? Because it's about, it's about keeping level heads. It's about keeping humility. So he needs to make sure they're seeing where they could have lost or they're seeing why these certain games are close. So that's the first thing. And then now the, the next step is how we prepare for each week. The, the, rhetoric, the rhetoric about the Jacksonville Jaguars was, was purposeful, right? And so the Pittsburgh Steelers were focused because now you look, you beat the Jags, you beat the Ravens, you have a long week, and now you're in a place where you can try to run the table throughout the rest of the way. And you think the Buffalo Bills game is going to be an important one. You got to go to Buffalo, Indianapolis Colts, go to Pittsburgh. And then you see where you are going into the last game against the Cleveland Browns because you're probably still going to be battling with the Kansas City Chiefs. And maybe they have two losses at the time and you can rest. And so I think they can run the table. Uh, But what we've seen from this team is they've had their bad days, like all teams do. They've never had a day bad enough to lose. And I think that's important for people to understand. Uh, I keep Kansas City at one because I, like most people, am enamored with Pat Mahomes. I think he has a I'm not going to let us lose type mentality, at least when it matters. And so that's why they're my number one. But the Pittsburgh Steelers right now are playing some of the best ball um, in football. And I think they're, you know, right there in the mix to be a Super Bowl champion. Only undefeated team left. Not easy to do it. I mean, this is the the longest win streak to start a season the uh, the Steelers have ever had. Uh, Ryan, we appreciate you, man, so much. My man, have a good one. Just fucking take it easy, though, huh? (laughs) All right. You know what I mean? Just take it easy. Hey. I mean, on you always, bro. The oh. rest of your folks, they got to get it how they live. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you sit in that seat for seven hours a day, by the way? It's pretty, right, bro. So Monday, I sit here from, I'm here, I start in the morning uh, at seven. So I'm here from seven to three, three or four. I get like, I get a break. Then I sit down to watch the game and I'm back in this seat at 1130. PM. Well, I'll tell you what, you're doing a great job, but I assume that at some point that chair is going to get uncomfortable. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Super Bowl champ, Ryan Clark. Joining us now, we got two absolute legends of Ooh. humans. Uh, 
One's just a Super Bowl champion. That's all. Just oh, okay. a Super Bowl yeah, no champion. Big, that's it? The other is a Super Bowl champion and a college football champion. Ladies oh. and gentlemen, Dallas Clark and A.J. Hawk. Yeah! yeah. yeah. boy, Dow. How's, how's it going, Dallas? How's life over there in Iowa? It's nice to see that you have a little bit better uh, service this week, I think. It's going to be a good conversation, pal. Well, they, they heard that I was on your show, so they, they told the mice to, to kick it in high gear on the on the wheel to get a little more electricity over here in Iowa. So we appreciate it. We can't go too long because they get tired. They're not in shape for this. Uh, well, I appreciate you joining us again. Every time we talk to you, uh, it's awesome, and it's a great conversation. Uh, have you been watching this Colts team since last time we chatted? They might have a team here, Dallas. Hey, the Colts might have a team here. You know why? The defense is so damn good, it feels like they can keep them in any game. But obviously got to test this weekend with Aaron Rodgers. Well, anytime you go up against the, the Packers, that's always a test. But, you know, they, they've shown some uh, human um, you know, ability. You know, they're, they're not invincible uh, as they were looking earlier in the year. So... Uh, definitely going to be a good matchup. Uh, Phillip has that, that offense running really good. But I think you're exactly right. That defense, I mean, they're hanging their hat on that defense. They are really uh, building on from last year. You know, I think they're kind of making uh, making a name for them, but really solidifying it this year with uh, with just the ultimate play of, uh, you know, the pressure. And uh, obviously the de- de- defensive backs just really uh, hawking those receivers and it's been great to watch, and I, you know, I think uh, with that AFC uh, South, it's just you know, unfortunately, it's not as competitive as, as it was the last couple of years, where it's really fun to wear Houston and Jacksonville. I mean, everyone, it was a you know, it was a race to the end, but you know, obviously, it's it's looking like uh, Tennessee and, and Indy right now. Uh, so, uh, but it, it, all these games are getting bigger, and bigger each as as the weeks go on, right? Yep. Yeah, they do. And Dallas, when you got drafted by Indy, first round pick, we know like you come in have an impact right away. How long until you felt comfortable in that offense with Peyton and everything you guys would do at the line of scrimmage and everything they talk about? Three years and two games, AJ. Uh, <laughs> what if it, that was it the literally, I, I mean, I kid you not. I mean, I felt like, uh, you know, coming into that third year, going into training camp, it was like one of those just like, hey, what, what – What's missing here? Oh yeah, me freaking out about not knowing what I'm supposed to do. Uh, so uh, it, it really, uh, and then you know, just talking with uh, the other guys, you know, uh, Reggie Wayne, you know, phenomenal story with him. Where I mean, I think they wanted to cut him his rookie year. You know, Coach Mora and him just did not see eye to eye, and Reggie was just kind of like, "What is going on here?" He was up in middle of nowhere he's used to miami weather and you know wearing sweatpants and sweatshirts and, and uh you know all that and you know just really kind of struggled and and you know thank god you know they stuck with that and uh because he's uh one of my favorite players of all time and you know obviously a great leader for us and and so it just it's one of those things like you either get it you either you know become part of it but you're gone. I mean, it's just uh, it's the brutal, brutal honesty of the business. Isn't it interesting, though, this year, a lot of rookies are balling out, Dallas, more so than in the past. Wide receivers, quarterbacks. It feels like there's a lot more rookie presence in the game. It's kind of surprising. It's kind of surprising. Well, I, I think what's happening, you know, I think these receivers, you know, they come from systems where they get to, you know, they get to be put in the best position, you know, by the offense. You know, I think the coordinators know what they have. And they're able to exploit them uh, in in in, uh, in the college ranks, and then you get to the pros, and I think it's the same thing. I think these coordinators, you know, where we had, you know, we had kind of a system with the, with the Colts, where you know, obviously, it, it, you know, 
if you had Marvin Harrison in there or, um, um, you know, Aaron Moorhead, you know, you're going to see a decline, right? But, but the offensive mindset, the offensive system got us in positions to get our, get, get open, uh, to the best of our ability. And so I think these systems that the offenses are having, um, I think these, you know, these guys, these young guys are able to kind of come in and to adjust a little quicker than before where, you know, where, where I don't think they really had the, um, you know, that, 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 that margin for error. So I, I think they're able to come in and uh, be, be themselves, be comfortable, and you got to play fast in this league. And that's when, you know, that's when rookies really stand out, when they're always a step behind, you know, reacting instead of, you know, being, you know, making the play and, and just reacting. And, and uh, so it's just, it, it's just cool to see these guys, especially Jefferson. He's one of the guys that stand out in my mind oh, that yeah. I really, I enjoyed him at LSU. Um, and then, you know, seeing him have, be successful with Minnesota so early, he's going to be a bright future. He has a bright future for him, for sure. Hey, was there anyone on the team uh, that could really uh, give it to Peyton that could could let him know exactly how they feel? I know there's a great clip between, Jeff, ball, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> between Jeff and Hayden. I played a year, Jeff's year in Green Bay. I was there, too. So I could see them button heads every once in a while. What was it like? Yeah, you know, I you know, not many people did. You know, obviously, you did it your own apparel. Uh, but uh, but uh, you know, I, I think you know everyone. You know, I think everyone on their level could. You know, obviously, Jeff Saturday had no problem uh, sharing his opinions, and 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 I think the respect is mutual on you know on, on several guys on the team. You know, I I remember you know him and I had a couple where um, you know just trying to get to see eye to eye and, and, but when you're around each other for so long and, you know, as the season, you know, AJ and, and Pat, you guys know this where, you know, it's, it's amazing. Like you can talk about something in June, but then you talk about it in, in October and uh, you know, on a Wednesday, you know, and you just lost a game, you know, or, you know, or, you know, something or you got injuries and things like that. It's just, it just gets real. You know, it's just the, 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 the nature of the beast just is, it just intensifies. And, uh, you know, and so you have to have that common, uh, ground, that common respect where you can yell at each other. You can get on this case, just knowing full well that everyone has the team's, uh, best interest, best interest at, you know, right, right away. And so, you know, this, you know, and with Peyton and, you know, obviously class act obviously just wants to win. Uh, Jeff Saturday, uh, you know, they, they'd get after it. Uh, Marv, Reg, you know, from the, you know, it's like, it's like every department, you know, hey, uh, from the receiving department, um, uh, his, uh, Marvin would like, uh, look, let's see here. Yeah, he'd like a couple more touchdowns. Uh, yeah, the running back department. Yeah, uh, Joe Adai is very angry. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the O-line, they're not getting any enough credit for your protection. So uh, if we could, uh, if we could, you know, tighten this up that would be great it's, and the tight ends we had no voice i mean because like how do we compete with receivers and uh you know the only thing we had a voiceover was you pat well thank you you ah! did that is very true. <laughs> well this is what i was about to say though this is what i was about to say is i did a lot of work with the linebackers right in practice okay i was like uh literally a blocking dummy for them i'd be a, a look running back for them i threw for them against uh, the shell of the defense like i did a lot for the linebackers but gary brackett was the coach over there. Like, listen, we had yeah. an incredible guy. Uh, I forget his name, Mike, uh, the linebacker's coach, Murph, maybe? Uh, 
Yeah, Mur- Murphy, Coach Murphy. Murphy, yeah, he was a great guy, yep. and he knew his stuff, but Gary Brackett was the guy that was like, hey, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. And it felt like you did that with the tight ends a lot as well, and it was just something I think like you guys being there for a long time and being that veteran leadership, was that something that came natural to you to be like, uh, and to Gary and everybody? It was very much a player-run team. Like, that was what that team was. It was a player. Now, co- coaches obviously had a say and everything like that, but the players in each different department, as you said, had a lot of say in what was going on in in coaching it was kind of cool to watch actually absolutely you know and I think that was uh you know coach Dungy you know reiterated that you know all the time you know he talked about um delegating responsibility you know and he was one of those guys you know it, it, it it came from the top you know he wasn't the guy you know sticking his nose in the receiver saying hey you guys gotta you know you know run your full routes and then you dip over to you know the 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 defensive line and I mean, he just let the coaches coach. He let the players play, and and really kind of gave that kind of just that sense and that created that environment where everyone kind of had a voice. You know, obviously you had to back it up. You know, I mean, we're not just letting anyone just spout off and think that they have the next great thing. You know, I mean, it had to be had to make sense. But you know, really, it was a comfortable environment where we could kind of you know if things you know got a little annoying or things got you know just want you know if we could just alter a few things and you know i think that voice was heard and and coach dungy was big like with practices you know if we were you know getting beat up or you know and if we had to go on you know shells or not go full you know obviously howard did and and tom moore would be you know the, the old boys would just be pissed off and then you know bickering and oh you guys you guys are so soft these days <laughs> you know, you'd, have to up, you'd have to put up with that stuff but you know, it was just that common ground of just that common respect for everyone. And I think it was it was earned. It was earned. You know, obviously, I didn't come in. I mean, I didn't say I didn't say boo for the first two years. I mean, and I mean, it just I just watched, and it was amazing watching the great leadership that we had on our team. Hey, I know it's a weird a weird subject right now, but is is Iowa going to be a different team moving forward without Chris Doyle? I know he's like the for so long building players up in the weight room, developing them. I know he's not there anymore. Whatever allegations were going on, I'm not even 100% sure what it was. But I remember playing with so many Iowa guys, and all they did was tell me, like, how tough the program was, but also how good it was for them. Yeah, AJ, um, yeah, this is is a touchy one. This is – this one's one's like, you know – this one, like, you know, talking about your family's issues, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, that's what I, that's what Iowa football is to me. That's family for me. And uh, it, it's really hard to see. Um, it was a rough year, you know, it was a rough summer and, and obviously uh, fall here and, and, um, you know, things had happened and, you know, had to happen, didn't have to happen. You know, obviously everyone, you know, no one knows the full story and, you know, the people that do obviously do and, the people that are in the building, um, I think it seems like it is um, getting better, and I think players are are feeling um, comfortable and feeling good. And uh, you know, obviously, the, the product is good. I mean, they're, they're getting better each week, which is kind of what you know, college and, and football in general is all about: is just improving from week to week and week, and, and kind of putting you know one block on top of the other. And, and they're doing that, you know, so. You know what's happening behind the scenes. I don't know, and uh, and you know, but uh, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a big mix-up. Definitely big changes, and uh, you, you know, the, the people that are in charge, you know, made the decisions that had to be made, and 
um, right, wrong, or indifferent. It's just the way it is right now. And, and it's definitely, uh, you know, I think it's definitely going to, um, it's going it, to, it, it's going to impact, you know, the, the, the future of Iowa football, just kind of that, uh, that mentality and, and, and things like that. And, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how it changes overall. I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, you know, sitting in the, in the front row as well, kind of watching myself to see what, uh, what happens. And, uh, you know, you just, you just hope that the players, obviously at the end of the day, the players feel comfortable, feel good where they're at. It's a phenomenal school, phenomenal program, no better place to play football in the big 10. Uh, I'm sorry, AJ, but, uh, we obviously have different opinions <laughs> too, you know, but, but all in all, you know, it's just you just hope that those kids are just maximizing their experiences at, at the college level because there's you know there's nothing better and and uh, you just wish them all the best. Were you going to go to Iowa regardless? There, it sounded like, and you were a linebacker for how many years and then moved over to tight end. What were how'd you go? How'd that figure? Play? I, 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 well, I was a water boy. I, I walked on. Uh, you know, I, I did not go to Iowa. I, was, I, I went to that. Iowa because they're the only school. I made a VHS, Pat. I know you don't know what that is, but a VHS is what was before DVDs. Yeah. It's a big, big, thick tape. I, I made a highlight tape, and I sent it to all the local D1 schools, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Colorado. I guess that's not local. But uh, sent it to Iowa, and, and Iowa was the only one that, that, that sent me a letter back and said, hey, what uh you know would you mind walking on? And, uh, and, I, and I know it was because my brother played at Iowa State, and uh, I know oh. it was, you know, that they they wanted to get the guy like, hey, he his brother played Iowa State, and now he's coming to Iowa. What does that say about their program? You know, I know it was you know because there's nothing. You know, I just don't understand why they would look at my film and go, oh yeah, have you you know you should walk on because I mean it was it was okay, <laughs> but but you know thank God they did. But uh, um, but yeah, so I, I I really I didn't have a choice. But uh, but out of out of all the schools, obviously, that would be the number one to go to, and and very very blessed to go there. So yeah, you went from walk uh, on, yeah. hey, walk on the first rounder to Super Bowl champ to Pro Bowler. I mean, that's pretty. Woo. Hey, what a you story! Know, yeah. 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 It wasn't really an A to B line, you know. I mean, there's some detours, and you know, I mean, very uh, very interesting. Got to you know, you know, it, it, it wasn't just a, a, a map just laid out for me. Definitely had to had to get a few a uh, few. Uh, you know, bumps and bruises along the way. Dude. What are you holding? I am scared. Is oh, that, it's a golf your... club. It's all, it's called the iron. No, it's an unduffable. I bought it like 3 a.m. on the golf channel. You're not supposed to be able to duff with it. Turns out that's a lie. You can, <laughs> you can yeah. duff with this club. It, yeah. That's just physics. That's yeah. just <laughs> yeah, it's not really a club you can buy at 3 a.m. on golf channel for $39.99. Turns out, I mean, every day you learn something new, Dallas. You learn something new. What do you got, Diggs? Uh, I think what that is, I think that's just security. I think that's just your security yeah. weapon now. Yeah, yeah. Well, the funny thing about it is, yes. say hello <laughs> to my little friend. <laughs> and then if we really can take, if they keep say hello to my little undefable club. Yeah. And, hold on, though. And? Got a baseball bat. This thing's been in a professional baseball game. Oh, I mean, I got a lot going on over here. Big sports show, hey, Dallas. You guys talk about sports? Hey, you want to hear a great story? I got to uh, I got to go do batting practice at City Field. Um, I'm a big Mets fan. We we don't have enough time to figure out how that how that one. Okay. Live in Iowa. I'm a Mets fan, but Dwight Gooden. That's all I need to say. Um, yeah, so. I mean something. 
Doc. batting practice. And um, you might not believe this, Pat, but I was using David Wright's bat and big lumber, big, big hitter. That guy is. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I pulled down I pulled down the line because that's the only place I could hit one out in city. That field is deep. And I pulled one down the line. Fair. Second row, buddy. Oh, Let's go! Are you right, I mean, right on. Are you righty or lefty? I'm righty. Righty. I don't know what I am. And I, I pulled that thing down the line. That was the only chance. I was hitting bombs in the gap. One hop into the in, into the into the into the fence. I mean, this. And I had Howard Johnson, my hero. Right? He's the hitting coach. He's he's behind me. And it's, 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 you know, it's, I love sports, man. I love, I love egos. I love, I love her. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm doing the best I can, right? I am like in, in like the coolest environment. I mean, obviously we had some fun ones in football, but this, I was a baseball guy growing up. This was like, this is like the top of the top of the, the, the list for me. And I'm driving, I'm just living my childhood dream. Right. And I got Howard Johnson in the background saying, yeah, we got a guy there in this league. Yeah. That's an out. <laughs> yep, that's, uh, uh, so far, you're hitting about uh, 109, Dallas. Right? <laughs> oh, Joe, dude, hey, can can I just enjoy this, bud? Come on now, and uh, you know, and and he just never, he's relentless, relentless. I'm like, you're not signing me. I don't need to impress you. I am just having fun. Uh, did you hit? Let a, me try to hit a home run. Did you pimp the home run? Did you? Oh, dude, dude, I, you know, those that, that old adage, act like you've been there before. Yeah, you haven't. I did. I did not. Act like <laughs> I have not been there before. So how did I act? I act like a five-year-old kid running around the field. You know, that's pregame. You know, the, you know the line. You know, the, the field crew is like, "Geez, we just talked the lines. What are you doing?" You know, I ran. I ran around. I mean, I threw the bat in the air. It, it was a little embarrassing. A little no, embarrassing. no. There's but, a good chance you were the only Mets representative to do that all night. If I know anything oh, about yeah. Mets, yep. and mm-hmm. maybe he should have been telling that oh. to his actual players. Diggs. Oh, hey, 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 the mouse is getting tired. I, I'm losing respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Diggs, what do you got? Uh, How dare you talk about the Mets like that? Dallas, AJ, uh, I was doing some interview research as you were coming on, and I found a picture of you two together from 2013, really? uh, October 13th. And in that game, Dallas scored his longest touchdown of the season, 18 yards. Who's uh, Who's I think it may have been AJ. I just, so I just wanted to see if you two remembered uh, that particular oh, game. Oh, 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 no. AJ, he's like oh. 60 years old in this photo. <laughs> yeah, wow. I mean, so am I too, probably. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was on you that one. Dallas, I, I doubt I was uh, I was manned up on you in that game. I, don't, I think we ended up winning that game, though. 1970. Oh, oh hey, shit. Hey, they, they did. They did. But what an experience! I mean, I mean, come on now! I mean, Lambo. I mean, that's 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 the place, right? I mean, that is. I mean, AJ, to have you call that your backyard was how special is that? Did you leap? I, me? Oh, it no, a, it was in Baltimore. Oh, you, yeah. the game was so. What are you even talking about? Oh, are we talking about? Are we at the Baltimore game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we just. Yeah. Did you see oh, okay. the photo there? Apologize. I have poor connect. I don't see you guys. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 this is Iowa. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was in Baltimore. That game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, AJ, that, that would mean you're probably undefeated against. I have not beat AJ Hawk. I mean, oh, AJ, let's, let's, let's do like golf. I got to beat you in something. What can I beat you in? Yeah. I mean, come on. This is Probably. embarrassing. Anything. Yeah. Golf for sure. You but, I did, but, I did, but I did catch one handed touchdown on you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl champ, future Hall of Famer, Dallas Clark. Yeah.
Thank you, Dallas. AJ, that was fucked up. Diggs did that. The, the internet's so rude. You, you're probably yeah. playing catch up for somebody else, if I had to guess. It's okay. I think I had three sacks in that game. Oh! <laughs> and you're the running back on that. Oh, play. man, I love those things. I love that so much right there. That little give and take right there. So, compliment, subtle shot, compliment, <laughs> subtle shot, compliment, <laughs> subtle shot. That's the locker room, by the way. You just heard when people say locker room talk. That is locker That is actual locker room. Talk. I was waiting for AJ to go, Can you do, could you do it, Diggs? No, it's not my job, AJ. <laughs> I don't have any issue. Hey, I'm, I, Dallas probably caught more than more than one one-handed touchdown on me. So yeah, I don't I don't remember the exact one that he may have caught on me. But hey, I'm, if it's only one, I'll, I'll take that as a, a good compliment. <laughs> hey, you're gonna get got every once in a while. I mean, you just got to get yours more than you can get got though. And obviously, you've done that on numerous occasions. The um, did you guys ever run Tampa too? I wish. I wanted to run Tampa my whole 11-year career. Never really got to. Okay, but in Tampa too though, the Mike has to turn and run and get a post in one particular. Right. Right, just stay deep. Don't let anyone behind you in the middle of the field. Yeah. The only awesome. reason the only reason why I know that is because we had to play uh like I talked about being with the linebackers, I played quarterback against our defense for a lot of different looks and we ran a Tampa two and there was I forget what team it was. They had uh it, it wasn't the Saints. The Saints I had like four thousand yards that week. I knew we were gonna get killed. It was <laughs> unbelievable. But they had something that was always like a post, ended up as a post. And the Mike linebackers, Gary, I think he had to literally check the run and then he had to turn and sprint fifty yards straight back to cover the post. He had nobody on it. And I was always like, there has to be something where you could do that Gary doesn't have to do that uh, every single day. I forget how but I remember Gary just being like, Oh, Jesus. All right, we're turning it again. Right, we're doing it again. Here it goes. So there's a couple there's a couple coverages and things that kind of expose certain positions. And Mike Linebacker is one of those positions that in certain situations with certain formations and certain coverages, you kind of have to be freak athlete for a little bit. Absolutely. You have to be almost like a safety. That's why the Bears were so dominant for so long with Lance Briggs sitting in the little hook curl droppers just killing anything underneath. And then Erlacher was so tall, he could kind of almost like have this cocked stance that like, six and a half yards deep and you couldn't ever get anything over him like that's why they were so tough to play that's that's why it's even more impressive that a guy like gary brackett which i don't know how tall he is he's not very tall and that dude's running middle of the field and cover two like that's a big deal he knew everything that was happening by the way gary he was one of those types of guys like everybody talks about like luke keekley knows everything that's gonna happen mm -hmm. gary had literally you look at gary like oh that guy had to know everything that was going on and in practice he whenever we talked to dallas about the the players coaching it was kind of cool to watch Gary be like, well, you're going to do that because this is going to happen. Then we're going to do it. It's, it's almost like that Belichick Wednesday meeting. Yeah. Have you heard about this? So Cam Newton gave this quote where he said that Belichick's like he has a Staples easy button or one of those Buffalo Wild Wings buttons where he can predict exactly what's going to happen in a game. And Cam's been mesmerized by it. And then we talked to Michael Lombardi, who's co-host of Hammer Don podcast every Monday, Thursday, Friday. Also a writer at The Athletic, former general manager, advisor, everything like that. He said that happens every single week. Uh, on Wednesday's team meetings, Bill will basically tell the team how the game is going to go, and more often than not, he gets it spot on. It, did that ever happen where you were at? I don't remember that happening at our team meetings. I must, I might have missed it every week, though, but that seems like something I would have been intrigued by. Well, usually it's something like the team meeting on Wednesday, yeah, the coach will kind of lay out the, the outline of the plan, I guess, and kind of show you big picture things. And then when we would break it down offense and defense, we'd be sitting there in your defensive meeting with everybody and your D coordinator that's when he would kind of run through what the game is going to be like, what they're going to do, how the thing will lay itself out. But for Belichick to do that, and it seems like he's pretty uh, pretty accurate with these uh, these predictions. Do you think, though, Belichick is 
I bet he is quietly super happy that Cam put this out there. Oh, yes. He's been waiting. It's been like 20 years. He's like, when the fuck is somebody going to say? And then that's why they did the do your job things. Because in the do your job ones, he's like, uh, yeah, Belichick said we had to work on more two-point conversions. Turned out it came down to a two-point mm-hmm. conversion. Like that happened in there a couple different times. So maybe that's why, because for like 15 years it was happening and nobody said anything. And Bill's like, all right, listen, I'm a guy that just likes to work, all right? But at least somebody give me some fucking credit. <laughs> I mean, with somebody, let's do a goddamn documentary called the NFL. We'll do <laughs> They'll fucking mic me up all goddamn year. I'll make sure it was proven to be right. That's crazy, though. And uh, I bet you he's pumped about it. And that is... That makes you think that they're in every single game, which, by the way, they are, mm-hmm. no matter who's playing quarterback. It's uh, it's unbelievable to hear. Speaking of coaching news here, before we get to a break here, AJ, uh, there's been a report that has been disputed by other reports, uh, but the initial report of a coach being fired on a workday Wednesday, by the way, Wednesday workday in every NFL building, pretty big day, could have been fired yesterday or Monday if it was going to be something maybe that you were planning to do. Middle of the season, still in it in the NFC East, Middle of the week on a Wednesday, uh, Coach Colombo, who stands at six foot eight, three hundred and thirty pounds, offensive line coach, he was fired by Joe Judge. The firing was obviously something that was like, oh shit, they're firing a no line coach on a Wednesday. And anybody that's been in the NFL will be like, firing on a Wednesday is probably something had to happen. Then Jason McIntyre comes out with a tweet and says they actually fist fought, and he was Whoa. fired immediately Whoa. afterwards. Head coach and offensive line coach, offensive line coach, six eight three thirty, one of the biggest humans walking this earth. Joe Judge gets right in his mouth, and then we said, well, he couldn't have got too close because social distancing it takes all of us so what we decided was a drop kick fight mm-hmm. where they kept their mouths six feet away from each other and they fought each other and he was fired afterwards because they wouldn't want to do any social distancing infractions because of the contact tracing or whatever so there's no way they actually fought but to get fired on a wednesday something had to happen here i'm intrigued to hear what the whole entire story is as we go forward with the new york giants yeah, obviously something happened for a coach to get fired during the season, something has to happen. Or just, hey, it's built up too long. We're, our offense sucks. We've got to fire a coordinator something like that. But for a position coach, yeah, it, it tells me that something's been boiling for a while under the surface probably. And whatever happened this morning just caused it. I know there was also reports what they were going to bring in another assistant to be under Colombo, and he didn't like that. That's what caused the interaction, whatever happened, the altercation. Hey, it's still popping off on the internet right now, actually. Oh, Jason McIntyre, who put out the first tweet that there was a fight from his sources or whatever, he was then immediately debunked by, like, seven other reporters. Mm-hmm. And here in this show, we like to say, well, he didn't get that from anybody, unless he just made it up, which could have happened, by the way, which people have done with stories in the past, I guess, to get a little bit of clout and notoriety. They just made it up. And then everybody's like, well, these six people said it wouldn't happen. I was like, well, who's telling them is that one person telling all those six people the same story jason mcintyre uh goes at peter schrager of good morning football who and i would assume schrager uh yeah schrager says an hour ago so no fist fight at giants facility but certainly a disagreement today judge going a different direction with o-line coaching and well that decision wasn't received as warmly by all involved no fight though schrager tweets okay he's an insider he works for fox sports i believe he works for good morning football and then jason mcintyre the man who originally tweeted this tweets at schrager and goes I'd say the same if I wanted to work again on a team next year. 100% of fight. So McIntyre's McIntyre's source, he's either either continuing to lie, knowing that he's lying, or his source is a very good one. And I I would assume that Joe Judge and the Giants don't want people to know that they got in a fight. But if you're Columbo, uh, would you... 
Would you mind if people thought that you potentially just got a fist fight as a six foot eight, three hundred thirty pound? And the story was that he won the fight as well. Was initially right. how it was broke. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued to see how this goes. Something had to happen for somebody to be fired on a Wednesday. And if McIntyre is right, he is going to flex on every one of these reporters for what the next couple months. At oh least. yeah, this is awesome. This is New York too, by the way. This is what you get whenever you're in the, the Big Apple, even though your team isn't that great. Well, I mean, even if you're Joe Judge and you, you realize, hey, I just fired my O-line coach, who was a great player in the league for a long time, too, Mark Colombo. I played against him when he was on the Cowboys. I, I remember how good he was, but you knew, you know, like, all right, I'm going to have to deal with some kind of firestorm. If I fire this guy during the season right now, the Wednesday, as you said, probably your biggest day of the week, your your big install day. You're probably Some teams wear pads on Wednesday, others go on Thursday. Um, yeah, you knew you were going to deal with something, but... You didn't want it to. Uh, if you didn't get in a fight, I guess I would have instantly try to come out and debunk that. Like, hey, man, no, we had a we had a disagreement. We had to let him go. That's it. Like, we didn't fight each other. I don't have two black eyes. But I guess has anyone seen Joe Judge? Like, no. does he have any parts? He might come out like uh, you know, uh, with like, what if he has his big mask on today? He just has full face mask Ooh. on. Today. Oh, that that COVID nineteen. It's a bye week. Oh, so wait, it's a bye week. That changes everything. Oh, oh, never mind. Yeah. Okay. It's never not nearly as big a deal then. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't know that. Should have done more research. Hmm. Maybe they just fire him. Oh no. Nah, they got in a fight. Yeah. I mean, it's still <laughs> still a big deal, but not as big a deal. Oh, Joe Judge should wear a neck brace to his neck. <laughs> <laughs> Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen. Please remember tonight, USA Network. 8 p.m. is when the show starts. I'm not 100% sure when I'll be on or when I'm arriving at the building. I will definitely tweet it out. Hashtag WWE NXT. Hashtag PAT is NXT. The boys will be tweeting alongside. I think we're giving away some stuff. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes, we are. And we appreciate you all so much for listening. Once again, be a friend, tell a friend. We'll be back tomorrow with an incredible Thursday. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.